It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The world is a confusing, stressful, and often frightening place. And we each have our own unique coping mechanisms that help us get by. Some people will tell you that when life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade. No, that's terrible advice. Just randomly getting free fruit is extremely suspicious. Haven't you heard of Snow White? That's actually uh, a really good point. It's usually not a great idea to consume anything if you're not totally sure what's in it. If you're the type of person who copes with discomfort by making strange jokes and who enjoys losing yourself in a creepy and sometimes bloody mystery, please join us for our dark comedy podcast, Studying Scarlet. We alternate weekly between true crime and fictional crime, and we even take listener requests for episode topics. So if you too have a morbid sense of humor, we'd love to welcome you into our weird, quirky, and sometimes disturbing world. Studying Scarlet is available on your favorite podcast app, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can't wait to meet you. Please subscribe today. This podcast involves topics such as violence, sex, and mental illness. If this might disturb you or those around you, please reconsider. It's okay. Privacy and confidentiality have been protected, with personal information removed when possible. If you ever feel unsafe or suicidal, please call your local crisis center, emergency services, or national hotline. In the United States, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. You matter. Hey, this is Kate. You know how sometimes you meet somebody and 
you really kind of start to feel like you're talking to yourself a little bit. I had that happen about a month ago when I talked to a complete stranger. Her name was Lenati, and she's in South Africa. And so I am absolutely positive we're not the same person. I'm absolutely positive we've never crossed paths. And yet we did a month ago, finally, after taking like six months of me rescheduling and having the studio project delay things and blah, blah. We finally did cross paths digitally, virtually. And I mean, you'll hear it some here, even though I edited it out a bit. What within minutes finishing each other's sentences and just sort of getting each other and clicking. And so, you know, it was magic. She is an artist of many forms and in many ways. And we talk about that, about photography, but also about authenticity and what it means to be a creator and to interact with other creators, but with the public and how they see you and when, how, how, how genuine to yourself are you? Things like that. You'll hear it. It was just, she and I are on the same wavelength. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss. Hi, everyone. I am Linati Makanda, a South African-based writer and photographer. I'm also an all-around creative. I'm very, very interested in social media work, social media management. Um, Yeah, so I just like creative stuff. I'm just a creative. Uh, Yeah. And so we we were introduced um, because you had fairly recently published... Yes, my first poetry collection. Yeah, talk to me, you know, because I sort of fell off the map with basement remodeling and so on. But here we are. I'm I'm back to pretending like I know what I'm doing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your latest. Um, My debut poetry collection is titled When No One Is Watching. And it was published um, on the 28th of Jan in 2020. So we're about to hit the big one year birthday um so yeah um it is a poetry collection just about the human experience learning to be vulnerable with your own self and learning to make um uncomfortable truths comfortable to your own self so the book itself tackles um themes like love loss um healing hope and the mo of the book itself and the concept itself is just to at the end of it, realize that, you know, 
we do not have to give into the concept of escapism. Um, it is okay to feel every single kind of feeling. It is okay to make space for every single kind of feeling, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's comfortable, even the embarrassing feelings, even the feelings people might feel like are too small to make space for. That is um, the point of the book to tell you that, you know, all of those things can be made space for. So that's a, an, a good counterpoint to the interest, the other interest you described about being interested in social media, mm. because in social media, often we only show the happy feelings, the pretty feelings, the comfortable feelings. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I guess that's the, that is the contrast. Um, I think I, I, I enjoy um, social media work as, you know, a career, because that's also something that I I figured I f- could fit most of all of these interests that I had or have together. You get what I mean? So so I think that was one of the things that I, I took time to actually think about during lockdown, where I didn't really know how to position myself because I had all these different things that I enjoy and all of these different things that I do. But when it came to actually, you know, working in some of the things um, or working in one thing, I didn't know how to exactly position myself. Do I, you know, position myself as one thing as a writer? Do I position myself as a photographer? Or do I find something that can, you know, blend all of those things nicely? And when I, you know, did my research and looked into, you know, job descriptions and all of those things, I found that social media management brings all of those things together nicely. Um, so yeah, I, I I get what you mean. I get I get what you mean. Um, but I think that in itself is more focused on the I think the work side more than it is as my personal you know mo. So I think yeah, I think those two things are kind of together but separated. I don't know if you get what I mean. I do. It lets you let you bring different sides of yourself at different times. Yes, 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 definitely. definitely. And so how do you make uncomfortable truths comfortable? You sit with them. I think you sit with them. I think you 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 can't you can't deal with something if it's if it's not here, if it's not in front of you, if you're not facing it. Um I recently watched um this amazing movie I think it's called His House or it's got something to do with house though, but it's, it's a movie on Netflix. Um, and that's basically the, 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 it's about this, this couple that moves into um, a house and the house is haunted. But at the end of, of the movie, you, it comes together and you're basically shown um, that the point of the movie is to teach us as the as the viewers that sometimes you need to live with your ghosts in order to you know make peace with them and you know to make peace with your truth so i think in order to be comfortable with uncomfortable feelings that is maybe not the only way but from personal experience as well you can only you know become comfortable with certain things by actually facing them and you know facing them head on i'm not good at avoidance I, well I say that and it's not I guess entirely true because I just experienced a a personal loss of sorts not a death but a loss 
partly Mm -hmm. because I allowed myself to avoid for a long time. And it just reinforces that I need to embrace Mm -hmm. that aspect of myself, which is more assertive and more action, you know, that, that I tend to, I tend to say the uncomfortable things and Yes, sit with them, but but more <laughs> label them and address them instead of yes hiding too long. Because when I do, when I avoid, I end up finding myself in a situation that's so much worse than if I had addressed mm, it mm, from day one. Mm. Yes, and I think I that's that that is basically um, that is the root. That is what I believe in as well. The fact that you are better off, you know, making time to work through those things then you are actually avoiding those things you know and I think that's why also I included the the content of escapism because I think in the age that we're living in um, it's very easy to find a lot of things to you know escape into as opposed to actually you know digging deep and looking inward to say oh okay how can I you know, solve this? How can I, you know, make peace with that? How can I forgive that? So I think it's, it's, it's become personally, this is also something that like, I try to, I try to live more than actually just writing about it. There's just the concept of not being aloof to the point where you do not, you know, show up for yourself. So uh, are, are you talking in any, like, are you leaning more about experiences of grief or interpersonal experiences, or all of the above? Like, are there, are you inspired more from a specific angle? Um, I think the book itself was written um, from a specific angle of, um, I guess you could say sadness, because it is quite a, it is a, it is quite a piece of, 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 of body of work that carries a lot of weight with it. But I think to say that uh, it's only coming from i wouldn't say it's only coming from from that point i think all of these um all of these different emotions you know it this can be applied in all of the different emotions not just showing up for yourself only you know when times are bad but also when they're good and i think that's also why that's also the last that's why the the last chapter of the book does focus or is lighter in 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 tone um in comparison to the rest because um it does speak on hope as well and i think it's also a form of you know self-care for us to give ourselves that opportunity to hope and give ourselves the chance to heal you know from things so yeah you know i like that you you talk about self-care because i think you know, in the age of social media, in in Instagram, and everything's happy and pretty in the live, laugh, love kind of, you know, motto, people forget Mm. that self-care is not just about, you know, bubble baths and chocolate. Mm, mm, But there are other things that you need to do to care for yourself. Mm, mm. And also sometimes the concept of self-harm is also not pertaining to just the physical. There are other forms of, you know, self-harm that are not physical, that are more, you know, emotional. And so those are some of the things that, you know, I, I genuinely believe in, even in, you know, in my personal life. And 
with on the self care on the self care topic, you're quite right when you say it's not just bubble bath, even though commercially it's 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 portrayed in that sense. But I think it's 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 very multifaceted. You know, it's very multi layered. It's multi layered to say that you know how can I care for myself past. I'm just caring about the physical. How can I care about the mental, the emotional? How can I make sure that my space is, you know, conducive for me to grow in certain ways? So, yeah, that is, so, it's quite important. It's important. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> my brain just exploded a little bit because somehow, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a psychologist. I've, I've done some therapy, a lot more assessment. That's my, Mm-hmm. specialty but still i've talked about it a lot i've spoken both on online and t- to individuals as well as it's come up in my show before this concept of self-care and i've talked a little bit about self-harm as well i've never thought of them as flip sides of the same coin and they are i mm. I, I don't know <laughs> i'm just sort of <laughs> laughing at myself how did i never make that connection <laughs> uh, but, but talk about that, about the idea of self-harm, not just being about cutting or mm. physicality. Yeah. Um, so there are certain, I think it's, it's, it, it pertains to patterns. Um, it's not just patterns, but there are a lot of things as human beings that we lean into that are not necessarily the best for us. And as much as um, we can speak on, oh, no, I'm cutting off. It's a new year. I'm cutting off, you know, that person and that person. But also what are we cutting off, you know, on our own selves? What are the things that, you know, we carry with us that are not of us or that are not supposed to be, you know, of us? And when I speak about um, self-harm in, in an emotional sense is that we can look to the other person and say, oh, no, but that person did this, this and that to me and I didn't like it. But also, how did we contribute? How do we contribute to our own, you know, our own detriment? And I think the honesty part of it is very important, you know, to be honest with yourself, to be so honest to yourself that, you even, you know, call yourself out for certain things. And yeah, so it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a, there's a lot that can be said about it. Um, um, specifically, even with, um, I guess, with human interaction, there are a lot of forms of um, self-harm. The concept of not believing someone the first time they show themselves, definitely uh, a form of self-harm, you know, um, lacking or not being able to set boundaries is a form of self-harm because sometimes you know you should be setting a boundary and you know you should be you know you know you should be doing this this and that but you don't do it and that is in itself some kind of injustice to your own self so those are some of the things that I I feel like qualify as you know a form of self-harm and obviously like we just outlined now undoing that would be a form of self-care and you know i th- i would i would add to that that things like being honest with yourself does have its limits to the to by which i mean be honest with i i i, I do this where i have like several <laughs> thoughts at the same time and i'm i'm trying to untangle them but it's important to be honest with yourself about the role that you played because that is more empowering and yes that being said, you don't want to tip it over into self-blame. 
Yes, yes. There's a fine line. There's a fine right? line. There's, there's a point yeah. where empowerment turns into castigation or yes. dwelling in a dark place. And you don't yes. want to do that. That's mm. not useful. But you, you on, on the flip side, it, it is a fine line because you don't want to sit in a place where you're absolving yourself of everything and blaming yes. everyone else either because then you yeah. feel powerless to change. Yeah, I think all of all of these things are. There's always a fine line because I also feel like there's a fine line with self awareness as well, um, where you're so self aware um, that now you, like you said, you start taking up all these things and making it too much of a you thing. When some things are, you know, some things have their own reasons, some things are inflicted upon you by other people, and yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I think self-care and self-labor and self-emotional labor and just self-work or self-emotional work is tough it's tough it's sometimes you get it right sometimes you get it wrong um but i think as long as you're doing it i think that's that that is that is the most important part of it as long as you are actually showing up to to the party at least you're doing something (laughs) i mean i think through my own tendencies as well as training, I tend to lean too far on the self-awareness to the point where I blame myself for things that are not mm. my fault. Mm. And also I also guilty of that one. Yeah. And it's, it's not a fun thing. Like it's not a good idea, but, mm. <laughs> but I do it, you know, sort of <laughs> chronically. And with that comes, I think, I, I think the reason that that happens for me is because I was not, raised knowing how to ask for help I was not raised believing that help would be there if I asked Mm. for it Mm. and so I'm independent to a fault Mm. in a lot of ways Mm. I'm terrible at asking for help because Mm. I'm more comfortable blaming myself than facing the possibility of asking someone else for help and Mm. either, either being disappointed or being a burden to someone else or it's 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 a lot it's a lot i the concept of ooh the the topic of asking for help um i've had that chat in my in my personal spaces i know a lot of people you know find it difficult to ask for help but much like all the things that we pour into ourselves i think that's also a form of self care you know what i mean to say to to acknowledge that you know, I am not in this current point in time or this current point in time. I am not everything that, you know, I I would like to be for my own self, but I will allow, you know, those around me to pour into me in however ways they can. Because it's so strange as human beings, we we are more than more than happy to give help. We're always on some, can I do this for you? Can I, you know, can I avail myself to do this? But how is it that, you know, we are not, you know, it's it's not as easy for us to, you know, receive help. So I also think that's something that we 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 need to, you know, teach ourselves more of to say that it's okay to not have the capacity, you know, to show up for yourself at that point in time, but also it is okay to give that power to someone else at that point in time, obviously within reason, obviously within trust, because I feel like also asking for help requires a lot of trust. You are trusting the other person to, 
to either not even laugh in your face and be like, oh, but why would you, you know, oh, why would you need that? You are trusting them to, you know, to handle you with care. You're trusting them with a lot. So I think within reason, um, we, 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 it's something we need to learn more of, you know, something I, I, I try as well to, to learn more of, to do more of. So, yeah, I know. And it can be hard. No, I mean, one, so I've been married forever. Um, <laughs> a mood. <laughs> well, 20 years. We just had our 20th wedding anniversary uh, a couple of months ago. And one of That's the amazing. earliest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I've, I've. I don't ever want to date again. That is my answer. Um, <laughs> Truly. <laughs> but Truly. One of the first tasks of marriage for me was convincing my husband or at least instructing him in the fact that sometimes help for me just means absorbing what I'm saying. I don't want action on his part mm. because I know what has to be done or I know that there's nothing to be done. Mm. I just need to vent about it and have someone else hear me mm. or validate mm. what I'm saying. What you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And, and so what, sometimes, often that's the hardest thing for someone else to do is sit there and take what you're saying and, and tell you it's reasonable mm. And not then have to do a thing because sometimes there's practically nothing to be done. Like literally mm. in a practical sense, there is nothing they can do to mm, make the problem go away. Mm. It's, it's actually funny that you mentioned that because I've been on this, you know, mini journey of trying to not give unsolicited, unsolicited advice because I'm, I'm my love language. One of my love languages is to, you know, is help is okay. You're presenting this to me now. How can I best make your life, you know, easier now that you have told me this is what's happening. And like you say, some people aren't looking for advice. Some people aren't looking for, you know, practical help. They're just looking for an ear. And now I've been trying to, you know, practice that to where I, not that I don't listen in general, but now to listen, to just listen and not listen to, you know, to either, level up and be like oh okay i understand that experience oh i've been through that you know and relate to just listen to listen and not listen to advice and it's really difficult <laughs> it's a lot it it's really lot. is and and you know i had an, an interesting experience i have a facebook group for my podcast that's fairly accurate mm -hmm. active and and it's an it's an interesting group there's times where I have to remind them, like, you know, I have a podcast, right? Like, that's it. Because yeah, just come here and talk about your own things. <laughs> which is totally fine. I just, there's times where I'm like, this, this, this creation has taken on a life of its own. And I, mm. I it's beautiful. It's mm, irreverent it's and it's silly. But then when someone needs it, it buckles down and there's a lot mm. of empathy and yeah. lack of judgment. Um, it, it's, it's lovely. And the other day, um, I, I, the, the stupidest thing happened where I was on a, a social media platform and I discovered that someone had either blocked or unfollowed or something. Okay. Like I had lost a connection with someone with whom I was not close. Oh, okay. Right. It was not, it was not an issue. And I had certainly never had any negative interaction. Interaction. Yeah. And so to find this severed connection where I, 
I, I couldn't figure out why. And I couldn't let it go. I couldn't mm. stop convincing myself that I had done something wrong or mm-hmm. somehow offended them or somehow whatever. Like I spent yeah. the day, I call it the brain weasels. The brain weasels were screaming, like just telling me all of the things yes. I might have done wrong or, you know, and, and on the one hand, I wanted to like explain myself, but then I, I, I didn't have anything to explain. Explain, yeah. Plus I couldn't message the person because they had me blocked or unfollowed mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I can't remember which platform it was, but so I went to my Facebook group and I was like, okay, I don't want anyone to talk me out of this because I recognize that it's irrational. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that it's stupid. I know that. Um, I just, do you guys have this experience, this mm-hmm. assumption of rejection and in the assumption of I've fucked up uh. <laughs> without <laughs> any any proof to the Not matter and, and people were like yeah i do that every day and mm. and that was all i needed was was not even like the validation of yeah you're kind of being stupid about it and it turns out yeah. i was like it was a total accident <laughs> and the person who followed me and everything was lovely but mm. but the number of people who were like yeah smart people empathic insightful people who are like every day i beat myself up every day mm. you know i lay awake at night rethinking the conversations I had had Mm. over the course of the day and telling myself what I should have said instead, you know, those sorts of Mm. experiences, just the reminder that this is sort of a human experience. Yes. yes, That was helpful. Absolutely. And I I don't know. Brains are stupid, man. I like (laughs) brains and emotions, man. It's a lot. It's, It's a lot. I think it's also quite interesting how we, like as human beings, how we can spiral. Like, you know, sometimes you 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 spiral and you think yourself into, you know, so many emotions, and then later on you come back and you think about, mm, you know, the situation wasn't as bad as as I as I felt like it was. I was just thinking myself into a rut. So I completely understand. I completely relate, especially on the on the part of, you know. And I guess anticipating reaction or rejection or feeling like you're, you're being, you're being in some way rejected. And it's, it's, that's also one of the things that, you know, I've tried to, you know, attempt to, um, to unlearn, you know, because truly it, it, it lands you, it lands you in a, in a, in a, in an emotional state where sometimes you don't, you now you're not even sure, you know, how you got to, this point and now you've made something that was supposed to be you know small quite big so I hear you I hear you I actually feel seen by your experience because (laughs) yeah I know I can relate it's I mean that the the phrase anticipating rejection yeah I could do that professionally (laughs) (laughs) I just I have, and it's the littlest thing. You know, the other day, um, I was, I, I had a conversation scheduled with, with a friend, and they were, oh God, maybe, maybe ten or fifteen minutes late. It was, mm-hmm. you know, that that uncomfortable level of late where they weren't. <laughs> it gets awkward. <laughs> yeah, they. You know, you know what I'm saying already, right? Like they, they, they weren't like, oh, I'm running a minute behind. But it wasn't yet a clear indicator that this is not going to happen tonight. Mm. It was just sort of in that weird middle space. And yeah. I must have, in my head and on the, on the computer, I must have re 
worded my question about are we still on? I don't know. <laughs> a million times. <laughs> a million times. You know, it's just over and over. I kept and, and it turns out and that they just were running a couple minutes behind. It was totally fine. And mm. I don't even think they noticed, but I was like, that was a masterpiece. You know, like I spent years <laughs> crafting that question because I was so sure that they had, it would come across a certain way. Exactly. That I was going to come yeah. across. And, exactly. It wasn't that I thought that they had already rejected me, but that mm. I was going to word it wrong. And then they were going to be like, all right, screw off. I don't want to. It's a strange feeling because sometimes like in my personal experiences, sometimes I will get nervous. Like questions like, can I ask you something? You know, you're already getting nervous. You're like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? You know, it's... <laughs> Knowing fully well, you you probably haven't done anything, but you you're already shaking in your boots. Like, what did you do? What did you do? It's it's strange. It's strange. It's strange. It's really is. It's strange. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's something that I want to part ways with so badly. To be, you know, to actually be to encounter that, or to encounter those questions, or to be in those positions, and to also find a way to be equally sure of myself in that in that in that space because i think also the the jitters kind of make it worse because now you're not sure of yourself and this is happening and it's also bringing its own uncertainty and then it's two uncertainties together and it's just <laughs> it's just a, <laughs> the worst yeah, I, yeah. an uncertainty explosion <laughs> that's exactly what i mean and i and i'm guilty like there's no way around it Mm. I understand because mm. I was I was on the the flip side uh not terribly long ago of knowing that I had to speak to someone um unexpectedly mm. and knowing that there's no way there was like I didn't want to go through the experience of typing it out in an email mm. or a text I just needed to say look I need to call you and yeah. they were immediately like what about and I was like no <laughs> No, just call me, please. And, Chill. and I, it's okay. Know, well, or if even if it's not, like just let's let's skip the ramp up. Let's skip the mm. build up. Uh, because exactly that uncertainty explosion yes. is is vicious. Yes, it is, it is, it is. And I think also for, for all parties involved. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't even have words. It's that yes, yes, that's it is, and I'm just getting back into the flow of recording again after uh, four yeah. months off, and I'm oh, used to. Yeah. I I've tried to set some limits. We'll see whether that works, but I've tried to set some limits with myself about taking two days a week off, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, I'm not recording. Uh, we'll see yeah. how long that lasts. But, um, <laughs> You know, and trying to be, because before, so I think the last time I was doing it on on a regular basis was like a year ago, you know, December Mm. 2019, January, February 2020. And then, of course, the world exploded and I had to take things easier because of everything, you know. Um, But there there was a span from, you know, fall, maybe summer even of 2019. There was like a six month Mm. span where I was recording every day of the week, sometimes twice. Yo, that's and crazy. just really, and this is emotionally intensive work, even when it's silly. Yes, yeah, because you know? I think you need to, 
the I actually I actually have a podcast myself and you need to bring and I can imagine doing um podcast episodes with guests all the time you need to bring a certain kind of self to each and every single guest you know you can't have a default sense of self that you bring you know to everyone you need to immerse yourself you know in each and every single episode in a different way so every day that is it tough. was crazy. Is, it was any given day. If you called me and said, I want to come on, I would say, okay, I'm looking at six weeks out. <laughs> and I mean, it worked. It was fine. But now I look at it like, what was my problem? Like, unreal. And I mean, it's passion. It's passion. It, it, it's hard it to really passion. Is. And, you know, what you say about bringing pieces of, of self, that's exactly it. That's part of why I don't, I don't prepare questions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, mm-hmm. this is not an interview podcast. This is a conversation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Um, I suppose yes. I could just be the same person every single time if I was a mediocre white man, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, I mean. <laughs> let's be i mean <laughs> I, I try not to lean into the race or, or, or gender of things when i look at someone's mediocrity but like some stereotypes has to be done sometimes <laughs> so so you know but but that's because that's who i think of when i when i i took a moment to sort of flip through my catalog mm-hmm. of not not narrative or single host podcasts because that's different but the ones mm. that are interview style and the ones where it's the, the host is the same person every time. Yes. They're yes. often, there's a cynicism and a, at least a projected superiority mm, mm, that they have. Mm, and I don't want that mm. for you myself. want to create a, a safe space, basically, both for you and for the people that you bring, you know, onto your podcast. Right. And it's very important. I think... Right. That that when you speak of that, I think about I think about, you know, I actually think about the platforms that I'm on, and what I try to do with you know the work that I put out, and also the the interactions and the community that you know I'm trying to build as you know as a creative, to say that don't just um, I'm not putting out content so you come here and you consume and you're gone you know come here let's create you know a space let's let's talk let's chat and that's part of the reason why I have you know I've I can easily oh I could have easily decided to have a an Instagram page for purely my my poetry and you know my writing work and then ship over and have a you know a personal a personal IG but I decided to not strip those two things um away you know or apart because I felt like part of who I am as a person is also part of you know my work as well I my work is part of me I am part of my work so it didn't make sense for me to you know sort of separate those two things um, I want to be the person that if you see a post coming out of my Instagram, I want you to know that it is me behind a keyboard posting the work. It's not, you know, it's not automated. It's not, it's not anything to kind of add that, you know, that, that personal thing to it, you know. I, uh, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> um, you know, 
this is one of those vaguely creepy experiences of like, okay, yep, that's me also. And that's me. <laughs> yep. Um, when I started my show, the very first episode is about half and half mm. a scripted narrative and a conversation that I had with a dear friend. Mm. And then one or two are lecture style, because I really thought that I was going to go into a very narrative true crime but not really uh -huh. true crime so much as my point was to offer a different perspective to the true crime shows and you know and uh -huh. more about these are humans on all sides not just yeah victim perpetrator but humanity Just and, yeah and all and around so, human experience right and that's exactly yeah. what i thought that i was going to do and and then it took a turn and which is better for me and more representative of who I am. But mm. one of the decisions you make when you're starting a social media presence and, you know, it's on my checklist of how to start a podcast is to decide, is this going to be a freestanding entity or are you going to link it to your personal account, but sort of run mm. parallel or are you just going to use the one and be, mm this thing and i decided from early on i'm just this is just going to be who i am and in exactly you talk yes. about you know my work is part of me and vice versa and i just yeah. decided i'm i i don't know how to not bring myself to the yes. moment that that's yes. how i feel yes. more genuine yes. and mm -hmm. so for me i just have the one active twitter account i just have one instagram account Same. um Okay. You know, that it's just easier. It's, you know, because I, 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 I don't feel like there's a separation between, uh, oh God, I'm going to yes. say it and I'm so sorry in advance, but there's people... no separation between work and Kate. I hate me. It's <laughs> awful. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I, I, I admire that. I admire that. Especially now that we've established we're, we're kind of the same person in the sense because, I understand some people, it works for some people, but it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for me. Um, I want to be, like I said, I want to be the person, you know, that if you send me a DM or you react to my story, like I need you to know I'm the person that, that you're talking to. You know what I mean? And I think it also, it makes me feel, you know, like you said, it makes you feel genuine. It makes the whole experience, you know, genuine. I do kind of feel like to a certain degree, it, does have a downside though being being the sole person that you know is attached to either that platform or you know that body of work because now when you are in a position where let's say you don't feel your best to avail yourself you know either on social media or you are not really in a putting out work mood or then the whole show stops or maybe it's not entirely a bad thing because if you're trying to create um, a platform where you are understood as a human and you understand other people as human, then it wouldn't be a problem because your people would already know that, you know, we are people, you know, you, we go through that. So other people would maybe see it as a downside that, oh, no, now you are, you know, for instance, I haven't put out any kind of, you know, work on social media. I think the, the only thing that I, I did towards the end of the year in, in December, I did a, a live uh, Instagram live reading um, of the book to kind of, you know, unpack some of the work on there and stuff. But that was after a while of not having, you know, put out work. And 
other people would probably, you know, feel like, oh, but you're risking, you know, losing followers, you know, you're risking, you know, not, you're risking coming back and maybe not even being relevant again or whatever. But yeah, that was the least of my worries. <laughs> it was the least of my worries. I think I was, when I decided to, you know, um, do the live video, it was more of a, okay, let me wrap up this year that obviously brought um, this book out because 2020 was a book that was the year I put out the book. So it was kind of, I started the year with the book, let me end the year um, in the same tone. So, but yeah, I completely understand. I completely understand. I think we're the same in, in the sense um, you mentioned that you took a break from, mm -hmm. from recording. Um, were you not worried like I just mentioned, are we not worried that people would come back and either not find it interesting anymore or not be there anymore or have a new fave? <laughs> I mean, they, those things are all going to happen, but I feel like those things are go like all I have control over is the output. I yes, don't have any control yes. over how people receive it or mm. how many downloads I get or how many followers I have. Like that's sort of beyond me. Mm. And the mm -hmm. way to me that I engage with the world has to be reflective of who I am. So I decided, for instance, yes. um, I think it was episode seven. And now I am up to almost mm. 300. So for perspective, Whoa. that's, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know how Crazy. to shut up. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but around episode seven, so very early on in mm -hmm. my experience that was my first collaboration and the people that I was working with they you know by collaboration I they, they were not the people I worked with but they were the first time that I was trying to release a companion episode like different audio on mm -hmm. my stream and theirs but I wanted it out at the same time and they yes. were fairly structured about we release Wednesdays at midnight and so I was mm. like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to be done by Wednesday at midnight to, try. Mm. To, to sort of synchronize. And I stressed myself out tremendously and I skipped sleep and probably therefore skipped medication and that kind of thing. And I have epilepsy. Mm. And so I ended up throwing myself mm. into a seizure. And oh, no. I, I very much believe it's because I pushed too hard and I mm. overstepped both physically and mentally and yes. I had sort of already taken the mindset that I am not going to be very strict with myself on an mm. episode schedule or release schedule but mm. now I realize like I can't do it when I'm I can try to to align yeah. with someone else if we collaborate but I can't stress over that because yeah, I can't no. that's not who I am and I have to Mm. watch out for my my own medical and mental health mm. and so that includes taking a break like I could have figured out some way of recording for the four months that I took off because about three of those months were due to the basement remodel and about a month was due to health issues on yeah. my side and I could have yeah. found a way you know to push mm -hmm. through and schedule releases or, or what mm -hmm. have you but I think it's important, like I, you know, I have, I have kids and I always try to be fairly open with them when I'm mm. having a bad day, when I'm sick, when I'm overwhelmed, whatever, mm. because they need to see not just that mom falls down sometimes and it's okay to fall down, 
but that then they yes. need to see a model for how you care for yourself and a model for how you get back up. Oh, yes. Ooh. And I felt Amazing. the same for my show is that yes. it's important for people to see that I responded to the outside and inner world mm. and took a In break. In a certain way. Yes. Yeah. And if I yeah. lose listeners for that, well, I might have lost the listeners anyway. I can't know. Like all I have control over is content. It also means those listeners were not really, you know, aligned with the person that you are and your show as well. Right. Which is also something that, which is also something that I've, I feel like if your people and your tribe will, this is something I always say, but your tribe will always find you, you know, and people that, you know, fall off on the way, it's it's all good. It's all good. It just uh, means that things don't align anymore, you know, as as they were. And yeah, no, there will be more people. There will be even if there's one person <laughs> that's listening to your show or one follower that you know that that engages your work, then that's that's how it's supposed to be. Well, that, I mean, I because I came from the, the world of true crime before I kind of shifted away, uh, mm-hmm. I do know, especially, you know, if you're going into podcasting and looking to make money, the answer mm. is go into true crime. Like, that's where the sponsors are. That's where the money is right now. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. do that without giving yourself in such a personal way. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the payment for that is that you are immersing yourself in some very dark material and so mm-hmm. you know everything has a consequence but mm-hmm. i did not enter podcasting to make money and i think yeah people underestimate how much work it's going to be and how much like you're not just a podcaster you become yeah a promotional expert and a social media manager and an editor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. graphic designer and all yes. of these other hats you yes. put on and you know merch specialist <laughs> and all these things and so yes. you know all i can do at the end of the day is try to put together a solid product yes. and hope yes. that people are interested but i'm not here for sales i'm not here like i have Mm. ads that run on my show and that kind of thing and that's that's lovely like that allows me to pay for the things that i need to pay for Mm. you know and that also allows you to to actually also kind of add value and quality to the show as well because i think as much as as much as we we i i i really relate to that um going into a craft and not really looking for, you know, the money part of it. But at the same time, um, it's also very fair to want to make some kind of money, you know, from, from our crafts, because then you can put out even more of a quality product, even more of a quality, you know, body of work. So, yeah, I think both, both realities, both realities can, and I think need to exist to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. I think it's super important to place a if if you place a value on what you do, and it may not be mm. financial. You know, it may be yes. some other way yes. of valuing your own efforts, but often financial, mm. like often commercial, because you know capitalism is an mm. inescapable it's beast. <laughs> yeah, and and so you live you live with it. But I worried about releasing ads into my episodes because 
I worried that people would see it as a sellout or a distraction. Mm. And I agonized mm. for months over, should I do this? And then I did, and nobody said a word. <laughs> I was like, all, you know, like, go back to that, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, that, that concept, anticipating rejection, like all of that energy I put into worrying turned out to be pointless. Um, mm. But but I think that I, I needed some form of financial compensation Support, in order to pay yeah. for the things that I want you know to value my own time like that's okay to yes. do I I don't earn an hourly wage by any stretch of the imagination mm. you know I, <laughs> I don't pull in a a livable wage doing this um mm. but I pull in enough I tell people and I'm I'm not entirely joking I'm not at all joking that I pull in enough to pay <laughs> for you know hosting fees and equipment yeah. and my prescription medications that's about it mm. and mm. that's good enough those are things that i value and need to pay that for you. yes and yes. Yes. and i think that valuing myself is key is most important yes it's most important i agree i agree especially the fact that we live in a time where it would seem that like you said capitalism it would seem that everything you know, needs to in some way make you money. And people forget that truly there are things that we value past the point of money. I remember um, when I remember when I got my first um, one of my pictures got got published by by Vogue Italia. And I had someone ask me, oh, are they giving you money? Are they going to give you money? And I remember being like uh, people will ask you those questions and you'll end up if you're not in in good standing with yourself you'll end up you know kind of soaking in those questions and realizing that hmm maybe I should be maybe I should be concerned that I'm not getting paid for certain things maybe I shouldn't be so excited for things that aren't bringing me money and I had to pull myself back a lot of times um, and and recognize that, like you say, those things are of value to you. Because I remember it was something very special to me. I had a backstory to the picture that got published. You know, it was something that I really wanted. And, you know, I was excited for it. And for for someone to, you know, just throw that question in there and, and, and kind of, and it made me wonder how many other people um, look at, you know, Know, the crafts that we do is that person is wasting time because are they making money from what they're doing you know so yeah no it's 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 tricky it's tricky yeah it, well it is because on the one hand it, like it's okay to make money if that's what you're able to do but if you are not mm. you need to find the value that you're bringing to yourself and ultimately like i i made the rule when i started that this this podcast needs to bring me more fun than stress. Yes. And yes, as yes, long as 100%. I can maintain that basic rubric, I'm okay. Mm. And if it doesn't, I need to step away and regroup and take that break and let people see me taking that break and be aware that, yeah, mm. this is this is getting too much. And yes. then to make the decision, if I'm going to step back, like what am I going to do differently, if anything? Mm. Sometimes a break is its own value. Yeah, it's just a break. It's just that, yeah. And and other times it's time to regroup and make some changes. But mm. all of that to me is modeling, you know, things. So my my oldest is in college for, for art. 
and we've mm-hmm. had extensive talks about it is okay to do art for art's sake. It yes. is it is okay oh, to be an artist just because it's what you need to be and you are mm-hmm. fundamentally. Mm-hmm. It's also and okay to charge what you're people. Being called to do exactly, mm-hmm. and so do mm-hmm. that. Follow that. It's okay to charge people. It's okay to value yes. your time, and and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's awkward early on, but. Both can coexist. Hundred mm, percent. Mm, I like the fact that you're you're talking about valuing yourself and valuing your time and how uncomfortable sometimes that is. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think that it it requires a lot of um, it requires a lot of you know stepping stepping down and putting your foot down and saying okay no this is you know this is what I this is what I want to charge because your people are not trying to pay for things and it's so strange because as much as people aren't trying to you know put you know put their money where their mouths are um they they also want things they also want the art they want they want to experience these things they want the events they want them don't they want they want the things but at the same time when it when when you're trying to match that oh okay but you want this but this is how much i'm charging for it then people step back you know so it's it's very it's very interesting that you mention you know um how uncomfortable it is because i don't think people realize that pricing in itself is uncomfortable before you're uncomfortable um before you get to the point of, you know, what telling your, your your price to someone, you know, is, before we get to that to that to that interaction and to that awkward chat, even in you setting up the pricing your own self as an artist, you have to go through your own feelings of, hmm, am I, you know, am I, am I worth, you know, this money? Is my work worth this money? You know, and half of the time you are, half of the time your work is. But you already know that uh, people are gonna fight you for it. People are gonna fight you. <laughs> and and you know, and that becomes a case of it's a it's such a delicate balance of if you mm. overvalue yourself, then they will walk away preemptively. Yes. But if you undervalue yourself, you're setting yourself up to be abused. Undervalued and, forever. Mm. Yeah. And well, you mm-hmm. you gave this to me for twenty bucks the last time. Mm, why aren't you mm. doing it this time and mm. and it's a you know i don't know the answer like i i haven't i haven't <laughs> figured out the answer to it i i just know that <laughs> yeah, it's a no. it's all of it is a constant evolution and mm. i would make a terrible agent or publicist myself because mm. i don't have the patience for it so like i i for the negotiation thing so when i Mm. when i bought my first car for myself as opposed to the pathetic little you know beater of a car that i got from my parents first but then when it was time when i was pregnant with my first kid and it was like okay i can't drive a vehicle where i literally can see holes in the back like Uh, all the way to the road like no i i can't put my child in the back when they might literally fall through. So it's time to get a decent <laughs> vehicle. And we'd yeah. gone to a couple of car dealerships and mm-hmm. looked around some and looked at the sticker prices and they would start negotiating. And I would immediately be like, oh, we're, we're done. You know, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't have any patience for it. And this was back uh, in, in the year 2000. The, mm-hmm. And so 
that was still the standing model is that mm. you were supposed to uh, visual quotes on supposed to talk to them. They give you a number. You pretend to be disinterested. With, yeah. And then they go and talk to their manager and they come back to you. And it's this endless process. And, and you know, mm. being enormously pregnant, I'm like, I have no patience for this and I need the bathroom again. Truly. Like that, that's, that's where my, <laughs> my head was. And so we went to a Saturn dealership, which no longer exists. Um, in the U.S., like Saturn has uh-huh. gone out of business okay. in long, quite a long time ago. But we went to a Saturn dealership and they had a sticker price on each car. And I was ready. Here we go again. <laughs> and we asked about the car and they're like, no, that's the price. Like, we don't uh-huh. do that. We don't do that. And it goes, like, that is the price that's on the car. Perfect. And I was like, sold. That, you know, <laughs> like, I just love Give me that. all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one of each. We're good. And, and just that. That is my style is you tell me what you're willing to pay. I'll tell you whether that's reasonable and we're done. Like I, mm. I'm not going to go back and forth. I'm not going to haggle. I'm not going to negotiate because yeah. that's when I get stabby and that's never good. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and so I would be a terrible, you know, agent to, mm. to negotiate deals or, or that kind of mm. thing because I just, it's not so much about what my value is, is that I don't have any concept of what mm. the world is. So I don't yes. know how to place myself in an appropriate range. Yes. And then I don't have any concept of, well, that's what the average was yesterday. But today there's been some sort of change and you need to negotiate within. Mm-hmm. The, and I no, I don't care. I don't care. Stop. I can't. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get frustrated thinking about <laughs> thinking. And about. you know what? Like you I've, I've, I've had the similar conversation with my mom as well. And we were just talking about, you know, like just talking about obviously the pricing and artists in relation to, you know, being taken seriously and all of that. And we were just like thinking about certain, you know, even designers, you know, South African, you know, designers that people whose work they look at and they're like, oh, this and this person is, you know, is quite pricey. They're expensive or and all of those things and we're like how did those people manage to you know how much trust you need to have in your own self to walk out of university and know the quality product that you're putting out and to say to people no this is this is the price and that's set on that you know so like I said people don't realize you know how much we go through as 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 artists and I think also another thing that um I feel like is, 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 is it relates to how people see us as artists, genuinely how our government in South Africa is just not, they, they don't take creative seriously. So I think that also contributes to how people respond to, you know, when you're saying as an artist, okay, this is my craft. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm putting out this is how much I'm charging for it and people are like oh you know that's that's way too expensive no you shouldn't be charging that money can you you know can you bring the price down a little bit because that is the general tone you know with which artists and creators are, are you know are with the higher ups you know so uh, it's it's tough it's tough but we we make it work where we can make it work <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting that it's specifically an art thing because, for instance, the contractor for my basement had to charge a certain amount mm-hmm. to cover the costs of materials. But then above that, mm. 
there's a discretionary amount that they charge for labor. And I never mm. really questioned that. They said, this is how much we charge for labor. And I said, okay. Mm. And I think about engineers, whether mm. they be structural engineers or civil engineers or mechanical, whatever. Mm. They present it as that is a reasonable annual salary and this is not. Mm. And they just, that is it. There's just as much discretion in those numbers mm. as there mm. is in the world of creation and art. But as artists, we we often shrink and we accept that minimalization mm. as though we are mm. unnecessary or unimportant. And I look at the past year that we've just gone through with the pandemic and so on. I don't think there's ever been a time, not in my memory for sure, but in recent memory where art has been as important mm. as it is now. Yes, 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 definitely. I just kept everyone afloat during the pandemic okay let's just put it out there let's just say it we see definitely 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 everyone else pulled their weight as well but we can't deny you know how much art you know was an important factor in 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 the pandemic and the lockdowns you get what i mean people were reading more people were you know doing looking at photography more people were were doing more like people were even as artists we were putting out work more during that time you know to to comfort each other to you know to do to make people feel good so definitely i agree with you i agree with you and and it and it, it matters and so when we undervalue yes. ourselves it sort of loops back to the whole concept of self care like mm. one form of self care is to Charge two million for your work. Right. Well, <laughs> if you, know, you need I, to charge two million, <laughs> I'm not quite that brave. But to value yourself, you know, to yes, to acknowledge that what I what I do brings a value to the world. Yes, and yes. you know, the undervaluing, undercharging, is a form of sort of emotional self harm. Mm-hmm. It is. It is because I remember even um, when I was looking into, when I was looking into, you know, how to price like photography services, I came across this, um, this document, this Google Doc. You, you basically, it's this document where the, the, the person who compiled it is also a, a photographer and they, yeah, it's, it is an Excel spreadsheet so you basically put in all these different things that go into your well-being as a person both as an artist and both as an you know as an individual outside of of the craft and you put in all these different values in terms of how much you pay for rent and how much you all of these things that are important you know in our lives and your equipment you know the insurance for the equipment and all of those things and and you 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 basically you the the spreadsheet when you are done with it it generates uh, a, a pricing for you and i found that very interesting because oftentimes when people reject um certain amount of pricing um that artists put out they, they forget that um it's livelihood you get what i mean it's livelihood those are you know those are that that price is how that person intends to you know 
pour into their livelihood. That's how they intend to, you know, live their lives. So how come you can understand, you know, either a doctor or an engineer being paid that money, but you can't understand, you know, why visual artists can't be paid for that money when art supplies are very expensive. You get what I mean? And outside of, you know, art supplies, they need to, you know, make a living. So I just think in general, um, people need to start taking artists seriously. That's just that's just my chat. <laughs> that's just my vibe. <laughs> it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you've spent any amount of time listening to my show, you know that I'm a word nerd. I just, I love a good turn of phrase when it's not jargon, I don't like that, but when you can find just a couple of words put together in a way I've never heard them before to perfectly capture a sentiment or thought or idea. And that happened several times here, like the concept of comparing self-care with self-harm. Why did that never occur to me before? And as well, the physical versus mental, like I kind of got that on my own to a degree, but thinking of it in opposition to the idea of self-harm, that adds a whole lot more thoughts and considerations than I had given it in the past. The uncertainty explosion, anticipating rejection, like all of these are are things that I get in a very intense, visceral way. And this is why 
I avoid jargon so harshly is because it has a place in the world. Medically or professionally speaking, between colleagues, that's fine. But between humans, we proved here, you can have a conversation with someone that's literally on the other side of the world. And as long as you have enough shared language and effort and give a shit, you can connect and get it and expand your brain a little bit. And I thought that was magical. So, Linati, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me. And thank you all for listening. I am throwing out this episode and the next one fairly quickly because in about two hours, oh God, about two hours, I need to focus. <laughs> At about two hours, I'm recording my Ask Me Anything for my three-year anniversary, and I want to put that out as episode 300. So I'm kind of stacking together episodes a little tighter than I normally do, and that's why. But take your time to absorb this one because the other ones will be there when you get back. And in the meantime, stay sane, wear a mask, you matter. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.